what prompted the idea for this study or, or you know, the, the, the kind of kick in the pants to get NKBA to go inspe- investigate the independent showroom segment? My goal has always been to really dig into each segment and be sure that we are understanding their unmet research needs and going after the intelligence that they need. Independent showrooms fall under our retail segment. But as you know, independent showrooms really play a critically important role in the kitchen bath industry supply chain. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. We recently on the Independent Thinking blog um, covered some research that came out of the National Kitchen and Bath Association on independent kitchen and bath uh, showrooms. A report, it was the first ever report for NKBA. And um, I mean, to say it dove into every aspect of the showroom experience from both the, the consumer side of things and the business and financial side of things for, you know, the showroom dealers, um, the independent showroom dealers, uh, you know, would be a massive understatement because this thing, I mean, we'll, we'll have the link in the description Underneath, if you're watching this, uh, the the video version of this, and um, on the website as well, if you're on the independent thinking website, but um, you know, so much to dive into and learn from with this report, and you know, it, it's overwhelming, maybe, you know, for the the dealer that um, is looking at this and trying to figure out, you know, what to pull from it and and learn from it. But that's why we've got Trisha Zach, the head of research at NKBA, on the podcast this week because. You know, we wanted to sort of summarize it in a way and, and learn about, you know, how NKBA approached this research and um, some of the things they were hoping to find and, and then, you know, what, you know, they take out of it and, and learn from it and hope that their independent showroom uh, members learn from it as well. So, um, so much to dive into with this report and, uh, you know, had a great you know, experience doing so with Trisha and, and learning that I come to find out that uh, some of the key takeaways we we shared between our own blog and, and sort of what they pulled out of it as well. So, um, but many aspects of this this report to dive into and, and learn from and um, Trisha helps us, you know, figure it out and, and share that information with our dealers and with you, our listeners. So uh, let's dive into it. This is Trisha Zach, the head of research from NKBA here on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast, and uh, real pleased today to be joined by the National Kitchen and Bath Association uh, for a, a, an awesome discussion into some recent research that the association launched, and specifically talking to Trisha Zach, the head of research at NKBA. Trisha, uh, appreciate you taking the time. I need to find out, you know, we're only a stone's throw from each other, but have to, well, not have to, you know, doing a podcast over Zoom, uh, so... You know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, someday getting up there and, and doing something from the office, but appreciate you jumping on Zoom and, and diving into it with us today. Well, thank you for the invite and hope to see you in the in the NKBA office someday, Rob. It'll no, be a great treat. For sure, for sure. Well, before we jump into, um, you know, the, the main topic of today and this recent research that you guys launched, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce Trisha Zach and, and your background and your role at NKBA. Okay. Well, I've worked in market research for a very large part of my career, both on the client and supplier side, mostly in financial services, believe it or not. Um, I spent a number of years early on in my career at the United States Tennis Association, a not-for-profit organization, and I enjoyed my work there very much. So a little more than six years ago, I jumped at the opportunity to come to work 
for the NKBA, another nonprofit organization. Um, and I came because I love everything about the industry. And I knew the work I would be doing would be interesting and rewarding. Yeah. So in my current role as head of research at NKBA, I manage a small team of researchers, build and maintain the relationships with our research partners and set the strategic objectives that we follow each year. No, that's awesome. And I, I love the, um, I, I always appreciate the chance you talk about your association background. Any any chance you know the American Society of Association Executives? Does that ring a bell for you? I've heard of them, of, but yeah. I, uh, yes, I'm not a member, I'm not involved. <laughs> no, I'll, I, all should good. <laughs> I should be. So that was, that was the first stop for me out of college was uh, to, to work there and, um, you know, part of their their magazine staff. So need to, you know, I always love seeing the association world connections come back to everything I'm doing. So I, I can, uh, you know, appreciate all the work that goes into running an association, all the events and stuff. So um, you guys are obviously, uh, uh, you know, an important one out there doing work on behalf of the kitchen and bath world. Um, yeah. So and research takes on a whole different meaning kind of at, at an association. You does. know, the purpose of everything we do is to strengthen NKBA's thought leadership role in the industry and to educate and empower our members. And that's the part that I find really rewarding, so. Well, and you you guys got a, uh, I mean, you have regular chances to do that. There's some awesome research. Um, well, actually, before we dive into the, you know, the specific report, um, give us a little highlight on some of the, the regular research that NKBA does, just to give our listeners a, an understanding of some of the things that you're looking into and following on a, a regular basis on behalf of the industry. Okay. Well, I think we have, three bodies of research that we consider, you know, um, our flagship um, research studies, right? And so they are um, the kitchen and bath market outlook um, that is published every January with an update mid-year. Um, it's just rolling out the mid-year update this week, actually, but that sizes the market and it provides forecasts for the year and it's really economic-based, right? It's tracking all the economic indicators and their impact on housing and the impact on kitchen and bath. So that's kind of a fun one, but certainly a business focus. Um, the other one is the Kitchen and Bath Market Index, which KBMI, which we conduct jointly with John Burns Research and Consulting. I don't know if you ever heard of that. That's quarterly. We do that every quarterly. And the NKBA is unique in the sense that we are we like to say we're an all industry association, right? We have not just one type of member, we have a variety of types. So you have manufacturers, um, designers, um, retailers, yep. and then building and construction firms. So what's cool about that report, there's other index indexes in the industry, but what's nice about that, it looks overall and it looks by segment, right? So if you're a retailer, you can get a view an assessment on a quarterly basis of the the health of the industry from um, you, you know your peers, your your competitors, your your uh, your segment of our members. So that's the KBMI, mm -hmm. and then our design trends. Right, yep. um, is everybody likes our yeah. design trends? <laughs> this year we can we split it into two. Um, we did bath trends, and now we are just coming out of the field with kitchen trends, and we're going to be rolling both out August, September, October timeframe. And that just looks ahead three years at what's coming um, because everybody wants to know, you know, what's, what's going to be hot and where are the trends taking us. So those are our three biggest. And then everything else kind of is like supplemental specialty research that we, we follow the topics, right? Where 
you know, I, I set them a year in advance, but inevitably something comes along that says, oh, no, this is more important. We got to we got to go look look into this. So, no, that's that's cool. And you're the neat thing, too. And I imagine this has to be, you know, one of the uh, the draws to doing is you're always learning something right to be able to sort of tap into whether it's consumers or the members of the association. You know, there, there's a lot to learn constantly. And the numbers are just I, I mean, for me, too, like from a journalistic perspective, like so exciting to dive into and see where things are going and how they've changed. Oh yeah. So, so the four segments looked at both from a consumer perspective and the industry pro perspective, you know, it just, and then how dynamic the, you know, the economic developments are and the impact that they have on us. It's, it really, you know, (laughs) the, the challenge we have is to conduct the research and get it out the door before, in some cases, before it changes, <laughs> because that's because <laughs> yep. that's the world we live in, right? No, but. for sure. Well, you mentioned those one-offs, um, and I, I know you know this is a first-ever report, so maybe something that eventually turns into you know less of a one-off and a, a regular update kind of thing. But uh, oh, the, absolutely, it, yeah. This independent showrooms report. So um, you know what what I want to start with. You know what prompted. The idea, uh, you know, of course, you, you mentioned it, um, you know, you're always looking at new things and ways to dive in and uh, and learn about the, the space. So what what prompted the idea for this study or, or you know, the, the the kind of kick in the pants to get NKBA to go inspect, investigate the independent showroom segment? Well, my goal has always been to really dig into each segment that I just mentioned and be sure that we are understanding their unmet research needs and going after the intelligence that they need, right? So independent showrooms fall under our retail segment, but as you know, independent showrooms really play a critically important role in the kitchen bath industry supply chain. You know, they represent multiple kitchen bath products and brands, and they're the essential middleman between manufacturers and and those who purchase their products. So NKBA has thousands of independent showroom members. So as our in-house research capabilities grew, it was just, we knew it was time to provide this group with research that was tailored just for them. So this is the first of many research studies we hope to conduct among our showroom members and for our showroom members. Um, and like I said at the start, it's it's intended to educate and empower them and to help them grow their business. Yeah, and, and simple. It, it was cool to see. I mean, you guys recently had the uh, the webinar that we attended and, and covered, and um, you know, you dove into just sort of everything that was involved with it. So I want to give you the chance too to talk about what you know what what is that survey process like, and um, you know, just kind of set up who was involved with the the research for this from a a survey a survey uh, taker perspective <laughs> <laughs> sure so this was a quantitative study um and explored showrooms from uh through two lenses right from the perspective of industry pros who own manage work at showrooms and from customers who shop and purchase products there those were the two views we wanted for this initial work so um, there's a lot more customers of showrooms, but we focused um, for this study on just consumers and designers. Um, you know, maybe maybe we'll go back and get another view. But from the NKBA's perspective, those were the the critical um, segment um, customers mm-hmm. for showrooms that we wanted to explore. But this was um, we conducted in total 1,050 online surveys um, that broke down 
as follows, like 158 showrooms, 142 designers, and 750 consumers who completed the kitchen and bathroom model within the last year. So we really tried. That's a pretty big quantitative yeah. study in terms of sample size. We wanted to be thorough and we wanted to be sure we looked at it from all the different angles. So, um, you know, there's more we want to do and we will do, but it was a really good baseline report, we feel. Yeah. and Well, I think, too, from, you know, you, you hear those numbers in the, the 750 because that you know, more consumers, the better, because it's it's always hard to gauge sort of, you know, what a sample size of consumers is going to give you. But even with the smaller numbers of the showrooms, you know that, you know, those are the professionals in the space and you're asking them the question. So, um, you know, not to say that it, it, it obviously a smaller number than consumers, but you're getting the right sort of uh, feedback and, and answers, I think, given by that sample size of, of the, the um, you know, the showroom and the designer, I imagine, right? Yeah, exactly. When we talk to our members, you know, these industry pros, they're so talented. They're yeah. so knowledgeable that what might feel like a small number, I mean, statistically that 150 is is a is fine. It's yeah. a great base, you know. So at some point you you have the law of diminishing returns. Getting, you know, 600 probably isn't going to get you any different information than if you had 200 right like it, it just uh it, it becomes unnecessary and that's what research is all about to figure out what the right number is that you can be can be reliable um and you can feel comfortable with the results but those are good industry pro numbers and we, we were satisfied with that yeah that's awesome uh, did you have any expectations going you know for a first ever report i'm sure there's like a lot of exciting i you know people listening are like, man, what, what data nerds, but like some very exciting <laughs> expectations about like what you could find out of this and, and things you could uncover. So did you have any of that going into it? Oh, our list was yeah. really, really long. <laughs> I mean, obviously I wanted to know everything that, yeah. you know, I sometimes get a little criticized because my survey lengths too long, but I, I, I just can't feel like everything's important to me, but, mm -hmm. but in a nutshell, we kind of wanted to know whether kitchen bath showrooms were financially strong, strong, you know, how they were performing post COVID and whether e-commerce was eroding the volume or quality of their in-person visitors. You know, we wanted to ask them about what they considered their biggest challenges and how they were overcoming them. So those were kind of the big picture items that we sought that we wanted to go after and that we got in the report. Yeah. And it, I mean, well, we, we keep mentioning in the report, I should say, um, you know, we, we can provide some links underneath for those that are interested in learning more, maybe seeing it too, um, you know, where they can go view. Um, but I, it, impressive too, to watch sort of as you ran through it on that webinar, um, you know, just the amount of data that came out of it was impressive. Um, you know, so many different nuggets and, 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 you know, areas of the space that were covered and, um, you know, just a lot, like a lot to dive oh, into, yeah. which is, it's a good oh, thing yeah, because you can learn so much, right? It's, it's filled with, you know, sound bites, I'll say, yeah. you know, it's just from, from every angle, you know, what are the designers relationships with them? How many, how many showrooms do they interact with? You know, who, who's doing the buying, you know, are they coming with, are the, are the consumers coming with designers? Or are they coming by themselves? You know, it just, I mean, really, yeah. I, I'm a little biased, I suppose, but I think there's something in that report for everybody, no matter your angle, and um, and it's you know a, a good uh, reference manual, right? It's, it's sure. probably not something you're going to read uh, cover to cover, perhaps when you sit down, but you could go back, you know, use the table of contents, go back and and uh, on any given day delve into a topic and and uh, 
relate it to your perspective yeah. as a showroom yeah. owner. And I was just thinking of it from the, you know, we, we have um, some coverage that we did. I, and I was trying to narrow it down to like picking out for our independent retailers and, and appliance dealers, like the three biggest findings that they could pull out. And I was going through it and trying to pick out just three <laughs> was, was really <laughs> tough because there was so many, I mean, a lot of different angles to cover it, but a lot that were so relevant to, to what, you know, I think our retailer members care about. And, um, you know, the, the way it covers kind of that shopper journey too, and, and the different, mm-hmm. you know, ways showrooms are upgrading, like areas that they're focusing on in upgrading and, and things like that, that, you know, might not necessarily have to do with, you know, from a retail perspective, the kitchen and bath space, but like, how they're upgrading their showroom, whether it's like lighting, having good natural lighting or the technology. Like there's so many different areas of this report that um, even if you're not specifically a kitchen and bath showroom, you can still learn from about just the way they're approaching, you know, the, the what they're doing to their showrooms. So just exactly. a lot Changes to learn. they've made. Yes, yeah. I, I agree. Um, so anything, you know, we, we mentioned kind of the expectations going in. How about coming out of it? Did you learn anything that was surprising or, or that kind of caught you off guard as you're digging through all these numbers? Well, you know, it, it was, I'm glad you said that it's hard for you to find one. It's really <laughs> hard for me to just find one or, or two. But I'm, I'm just, you know, I, financials aside, I, I will, um, I thought some of the consumer stats were really interesting about the consumer journey. So, um, you know, I'll, sh- I'll share some of them, you know. One was, you know, that we learned that the role of showrooms is not about to be replaced or diminished by online retailers anytime soon. You know, more than 80% of homeowners feel it's important to see and touch kitchen and bath products before buying them. So that was, you know, we kind of thought that, but hearing that 80% like to see and touch, you know, that's a powerful number. The second was consumers look to showrooms for education. You know, this this was interesting to me. About eight in 10 homeowners admitted, this is them admitting their knowledge level when they first came to the showroom, was fair, poor, or very poor. So that's why they're coming. They're coming to learn about product features, functionality, brands, and pricing. I thought I thought that was really interesting. You know, showrooms need to, to you know, I think they know that, but, you know, they're playing an important role right, in that education. Right. That's exactly you know? what I was going to say. Like, it, it really empowers that showroom to make an impression on that. Um, not to say it's make or break, but like, if you really put your, you know, expertise at the forefront, or your sale, your sales associates, um, you know, can provide that level of experience where you are educating and and the consumers clearly getting something out of it. Opportunity to build a connection and maybe develop some loyalty with that customer. Absolutely. It's not just look around, see what yeah. we have. It's, it's, let me tell you more about this product. Yeah. You know, that's, that's that really important education piece. So and here's another fact that I, I thought was really interesting. So two thirds of homeowners significantly upgraded the products they intended to purchase after their showroom visit. Yep. So after they came in and they learned about these features and brands, you know, consumers have a tendency, they have a tendency to upgrade to higher quality products, materials, and finishes. And on average, those upgrades account for a 31% increase in kitchen and bath product costs. So I thought together that was really interesting, right? If you spend the time with them, you know, they are upgrading to higher quality products and materials and finishes, and the showroom's benefiting. They're doing 31% better in their sales than, than if you had not. And, and I also thought this was interesting. That 31% increase is obviously good for the showrooms. 
but it's also good for the consumers, right? Mm-hmm. You're not taking advantage of them or exploiting them. You're, yes, those upgrades cost more, but consumers told us that in the long run, they are happy that they made those substitutions. There's nothing worse than bringing something home and redoing your kitchen and having a neighbor or friend walk in and say, why didn't you do X? And you say, <laughs> right. I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know about X, right? So they want to know about all their options so that they can make informed decisions. And that's what they're coming to the showroom for. Well, I, I swear this wasn't planned. And I don't know if you read our independent thinking blogs, um, but I, I want to call you just called out three stats and I want to highlight two of them because the, the I mentioned that I, I pulled out the three biggest stats. So one, spending goes up 31% when visiting a showroom. Okay. Two, good. 60% <laughs> of consumers do the virtual tour before visiting a store. Uh, oh. And then 62% rank independent showrooms as the high influence on purchase decisions. So we were pretty close to alignment on like the things we thought, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, if I had to put forth, it would have been that sh- that yeah. uh, tour because, you know, I think yeah. they underestimate, oh, I don't need a good website. Oh, absolutely you do. You, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're going to look before they come, so. No, that's awesome. That's cool. Um, neat to neat to hear. So, like you said, a lot of findings that did come out of this. So, you know, a, a showroom or even a retailer that you know might click through and and read this report. What are some of the things they can do to to leverage it? And um, you know, obviously, a lot to learn from. So, learning is kind of the the one thing you think how you leverage it. Well, learn from it. But what are some uh, you know pieces of advice you'd give a, a retailer or showroom as they dive into this? So what comes to mind is that it could be used as a benchmarking tool, right? They can benchmark themselves against the, you know, 160 plus showrooms who participate in the study to see how their actual 2022 sales and their 2023 expected sales measures up. You don't often get to see your, you know, uh, financials like that, right? You can look at changes that other showrooms have made in the past two years and what changes are planned in the next two years. Because because I think that's why the showrooms that are doing well are doing well because they are really evolving. They're 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 not just you know they're upgrading. They're yeah. they're trying to stay relevant and and put things in their showrooms that are of interest and make that showroom experience really valuable. Um, and technology would be would be another thing, right? Just to see how others are have used technology and to improve the customer shopping experience and to in- improve their own operating efficiencies. So all that's in the report. And I think somebody uh, who, who peruses it can take away something that they can uh, benchmark and leverage for themselves. And I, I'm glad you called out the um, the upgrades because I think, you know, a, a unique question and an important one to dive into on any given report, but specifically you think about the way you guys asked it over the last two years, right? And then what they might do over the next two years. The last two years were something. <laughs> so to huh. see sort of how, um, you know, the the respondents, you know, they re- responded to that um, and some of the upgrades they made in the last two years, I think awesome to see that, you know, they realized they couldn't, even during a time where people might not have been able to come to the showroom, um, you know, the ways in which they were still focusing on their business and, and making changes to adapt so that, you know, by the time, you know, we're sitting here today and, and we're kind of on the other side of this, that they're set up for success moving forward. Yeah, they're playing the long game. That's yeah. the way I look at it, right? <laughs> they're not dwelling on, oh, it's COVID. I shouldn't, you know, they, they were viewing it as an opportunity. Well, now's a good time. Maybe if the customers aren't coming in, now's a good time for me to, 
you know, upgrade this display, or now's a good time for me to make improvements to my website, you know? So I really think there's some, you know, stellar retailers out there and that they're playing the long game and they're just staying one step ahead if they can. And, and as a result, you know, it's, it's, it's turning out. People are, people are showing up. It's not going to go away anytime soon. I thought thought of one other thing I wanted to tell you that this report kind of has, um, you know, the research generated two reports, basically a baseline report, if you will, but a supplemental report that ranks the top 100 geographic markets based on the overall attractiveness of KMB showroom locations. I'm not sure if you saw that over the next few years. So that's kind of fun. They can, can go to that. We bundled the two reports together just to make it easier and people, you know, don't get confused between one and the other, but, you know, in the report that, you know, we, we profile the top 10 kind of in detail, and the, but we list the top 100. And so that might be fine, fun to yeah. for a retailer to open it up and see if they're one of the, where their geographic market falls. Not yeah. everybody's will be, make the 100, but the list will surprise you. I know it surprised me. I know. So. I was sad, sad to not see Philly a little higher, <laughs> but no, it's all, it's all right. It, it is like, um, you know, to your point, you know, unique to be able to dive in because I some of the the ways you guys pull that together it was you know not only just on what sort of the the construction and and remodel business has been like but the potential for it too with like new home starts and and what the you know the the future potential of that market could be which was really unique Uh, absolutely there were five factors I won't bore you with them now but you know it was kind of this you know involved very objective approach to um, not only the level of like new construction in an area, whether it's underbuilt or overbuilt, right? right? But because if an area is underbuilt, you know, those, you know, it's just any matter of time that they're going to start building to catch up with that demand. And that was just one of them, you know, whether, whether a kitchen and bath remodel affects the Mm -hmm. um, home value was another one, for instance. And so all those combined, um, form to come up with the with the list yeah. you know you put all the inputs in there and then no human it's 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 unbiased right yep. you're just waiting to see what comes up and it, it was fun for us to do that we don't often do things tied to geography so we we think our members will enjoy that oh that's awesome uh, and again too just another point to to this research that uh, a lot to to learn and, and leverage as well so um you know it, I could ask what's next, but it feels like everything we've been talking about is like, what's next? <laughs> so, so, you know, what, I, I guess I'll, I'll ask it anyway, you know, so what are, what are sort of um, from your seat and your perspective, kind of the, the next steps for this research or, or anything else you guys are doing around these independent showrooms? So a, a couple things come to mind. We can't, you know, as I said, we cast a pretty wide net for this initial study and we really just scratched the surface, but, you know, we hope the projects that are coming are going to be, more specific and dive deeper into the subjects that matter most to the independent dealers. Um, one in our qualitative discovery phase, I, I interviewed the showroom owner and, and he's like, you didn't ask me one single question that I thought you were going to ask. And I'm like, (laughs) what did you want me to ask? But, but he, he was all about like getting very specific into, you know, the displays and live displays and this, you know, just, product selection and you know so what we do we asked our the people who um, attended the NKBA live research report reveal to suggest research topics um, and they're we're combing through them now and we're we've got 
lots to consider. Uh, I won't, I won't, we haven't made a decision, so it's not like I'm not telling you something I know, but, but really it's, it will be letting our members, our showroom members guide what's next, really, you know, what, what don't they know that they need, you know, Um, and that's what we're going to go after for them. So, um, I, I'll let you know. Come come to Bethlehem. I'll let you know what those are. But we're trying to figure that out now, and it's perfect timing because we're doing our 2024 planning, and we, you know, we hope to do something more for the showrooms. They just really are a very important um, membership um, segment for the NKBA. Yeah. And we overlooked them a little bit, and we're gonna we're gonna correct that from from now on. No, that, that's special for them. That is uh, awesome to hear, and um, like like I said, just an interesting space too, the research space to to be involved in because I said it at the top, kind of full circle moment, but it's constantly learning. You're constantly the the industry is constantly involved evolving. So um, you know, research is one way to to attempt to keep up and keep the industry you know, informed of how things are going. So awesome to hear sort of what you guys are doing and, and how you're approaching it. And, uh, you know, look forward to seeing what's to come. So we appreciate We're it. We're happy to share, yeah. happy to share. And uh, thank you for, for the opportunity, Rob. Absolutely. Look forward to getting up there uh, sooner rather than later. <laughs> okay. You got it. Thanks again. And thanks again to Tricia. Uh, just a great conversation. Awesome to learn sort of how the the NKBA approaches research and, and this report specifically for independent showroom dealers and, uh, you know, just sort of where they intend to go moving forward. So um, something that I know will continue to follow so much great information and knowledge and research coming out of that organization and uh, plenty to learn from for our members as well. So uh, we'll continue to follow and, and learn from them and you know, hopefully help you do the same. So appreciate Patricia, and and of course, appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.